0: Welcome to the Finding Refuge podcast. My name is Michelle Cassandra Johnson and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode two. I am thrilled you are here and I am Over the moon about this interview. In this episode, I interviewed four of my colleagues, beloveds, friends, um, co conspirators, so that they could talk some about healing and community. And this group of amazing and powerful women came together with me to lead the healing and community retreat this past June. They are space holders and brilliant facilitators and I'll tell you a little bit more about who they are now. Katie Valletta has her PhD in neuroscience. She's a yoga teacher, community leader and scientist living in Carborough, North Carolina. For over 10 years she has been simultaneously exploring the spiritual path of the yoga tradition while deepening her understanding of the material world through scientific research. Katie's yoga classes reflect her personal practice and explorations of the intersection between modern science and the ancient practice of yoga, integrating the principles of anatomy and alignment in concert with traditional yogic philosophy, mantra, meditation, and chanting. In addition to traditional yoga, Katie found acroyoga to be an integral way to create connection and collective healing. She became certified as an instructor in 2016 and continues to love studying and teaching this community-based practice throughout the U.S. As both a scientist and yoga teacher, she believes her role is to be of service to the public through innovation and creating connections. Amy Bertain, my best friend, has been co-facilitating workshops, providing coaching and mediation, and educating through an anti-oppression lens for over 20 years. While Amy has experience leading this work on a range of oppressions, Her passion and commitment is to center race, specifically looking at how whiteness upholds and perpetuates racial inequality. She most often works in collaboration with people of color to co-facilitate dialogues and trainings on racism. Amy's goal is to bring people together and provide a common language and analysis for seeing and ultimately interrupting relations of unequal racial power. While she follows the principle that as a white person, racial justice is ongoing lifelong work and thus her learning is not finished, she has over 25 years of analysis and practice to draw from. Amy has an MFA and is trained in interactive pedagogy. Jeanette Walser is a yoga teacher, mindfulness teacher, social worker, change agent, Reiki provider, space holder, and birth and postpartum doula. Jeanette has a bachelor's degree in social work from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro and a master's degree in social work from the joint MSW program at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro and NCANT State University. Jeanette is also a graduate of My Teacher Training Skill in Action. Jeanette has additional training in mindfulness based stress reduction and other mindfulness techniques. She facilitates workshops, small groups, and individual healing for school-aged children and educators that work with them. In addition, she is licensed through the International Institute for Restorative Practices as a restorative practices trainer and has conducted restorative justice trainings for educators. She's also trained in circle work process and facilitates conversations around race and intersectionality with college-aged students. She believes in wholeness and healing and in the liberating powers of rest, community, and connection. Stephanie Gostin paul is an internationally recognized speaker, facilitator, organizational development consultant, coach, and recovering lawyer. She brings over 15 years of experience in advancing equity, fostering inclusive leadership, and sparking systems transformation using racial justice and healing frameworks. Stephanie's unique approach Skillfully and wholeheartedly combines her sharp legal mind, problem-solving skills, and love of people to powerfully serve clients and challenge existing systems. She has coached leaders and staff in the nonprofit, for-profit, education, foundation, and public sectors to integrate equity and inclusion into the core identities of those organizations. She is well-versed in assessing organizational culture, tool building, and strategic coaching for equity. Through Stephanie's individual life coaching work, she is dedicated to helping clients fully embody being free, whole, and enough. Her one-on-one coaching program specifically helps high-achieving leaders to embrace their brilliance so that they can fully step into their power and activate their potential. Stephanie is also on the board for Global Youth Leadership Institute, a program she completed in high school as a member of its founding cohort, and she currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia, The other thing you should know about stephanie is that she has a podcast called take nothing when i die i was um on her podcast a guest on her podcast and she interviews people who've had various careers and it was you know an amazing experience to be on her podcast and and speak with her so i encourage you to check out her podcast and just so you know all of the contact information for um, these four women will be in the um, show notes along with their bios, and you'll be able to connect with them and learn more about them after listening to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with y'all. It makes me happy to be in space with you, and thank you for saying yes to um, being on the Finding Refuge podcast. And um, Yeah, I'm excited to have a conversation about what we're doing and who we are and how we're finding refuge at this time amidst all of the drama and chaos and astrological um, disruption (laughs) and all the resilience and joy and things and rolling with it. Stephanie, you were talking about that earlier. So I'm excited to be in space and to hear from y'all. And I would love for you to share some about who you are for the listeners and you can share anything about who you are and, and um, what you
1: do in the world. And Stephanie, I'll begin with you. Thanks, Michelle. I'm so excited to be on with this wonderful group of people, these humans that I've come to love very much. Um, my name is Stephanie goldstein paul I am in Atlanta, Georgia, and all of the work that I'm up to in the world is, is all about identity. And so um, all the stuff that I do falls under that umbrella. I am helping people fully get into alignment with and embody, fully embody their purpose and their power. And so I do individual coaching, talking about self-care and boundaries, a lot of community work, um, telling the truth um, to heal uh, collectively, and then working with institutions who are trying to practice what they preach and looking at how they embed their commitments, whether that be to DEI work, to anti-racism, anti-oppression, Um, Embedding that fully into their identity. So I'm so excited to be here and can't wait to hear all the wisdom of the folks on this call.
0: Thank you, Stephanie. Jeanette, do you want to share some about who you are and what you do in the world?
2: Yes, thank you. I'm also very excited to be here. my name is Jonette Walser. I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where I'm uh, currently living and doing the majority of my work. Um, I work primarily um, as a social worker and that title sort of um, embodies a set of values um, that guides how I do my work in the world. Um, so My work is advocacy related and related to um, mental health and wellness. I work uh, primarily with children and families, but I'm also uh, currently doing some community work, working with um, activists, movement workers, and those on the front lines of the current things that are going on in our society. So front lines of protests, front lines of direct action. Thank you, Janet. Thanks for
0: being here, Katie. I'll pass it over to you to share about who you are.
3: Thanks. Um, Anytime you ask me that question, anywhere, it's always feels like a different answer emerges. Um, So I'm a yoga teacher and acro yoga teacher, which is how Michelle and I met. Um, I live in Carbone, North Carolina, and. I got my PhD in neuroscience from UNC. So what I am and who I am in the world is is shifting. And I'm just in a phase of my profession of trying to figure out how I want to more meaningfully engage as a scientist. Um, So since graduating, I've been doing a lot of work in climate advocacy and climate justice um, spheres. And that's where I'm really hoping to deepen my, my path forward, so. Thanks,
0: Katie. I'm glad you're here. And I'll turn it over to you, Amy, to share about who you are.
4: Uh, thank you. Hello, everyone. It is such a pleasure to be here with this very powerful group of women who I deeply love and respect. Um, my name is Amy Bertain, and I am um, right now in the Seattle region. And my work in the world and my journey, or certainly over the last 12 years, um, has been to really deepen my understanding of racism and white supremacy and anti-blackness. And um, what began as a personal journey, which s- connected to the work I was doing anti-impression, to anti-oppression, became a very um, deep dive into uh, what does it mean to be a coach, a trainer, a facilitator in anti-racism work? in partnership with people of color as a white woman, and what does it mean to work with white folks and help us understand and deeply explore whiteness and white supremacy and conditioning of superiority. So I do a lot of work with Michelle um, in organizations across the country, as well as with other partners where we're doing uh, organizational anti-racism work.
0: Thank you, Amy. And as you said, this is a powerful group of people and, and women and we held space together for the Healing and Community Retreat. Um, and all of y'all put in so much time and energy, which I'm grateful for. And we held really sacred space during a time when I feel like people needed it. Um, and we always need it, but we're just for context in the middle as many folks know of COVID. and of white supremacy and all of these systems causing a lot of harm. And we're trying to figure out and contemplating ways to, to heal. And so with that, I would love, and anyone can, can respond to this, and you can go in whatever order you would like, but I'd love to hear about how your hearts are feeling right now. Like, how is your heart given all that's going on and how it's landing with you and what you're experiencing? So just share some about that and whoever wants to begin can begin
1: or I can call on you. (laughs) I can get us started. Um, I was talking about before the call, I said I was just rolling, and um, thankfully, Amy asked me to clarify so I could talk about it, but I, my heart is feeling pretty settled with feeling unsettled, and I think I've been doing a lot of I had been doing a lot of fighting against the uncertainty and the discomfort and the all the contradictions that have been coming up for me personally, professionally, and my family on this planet and the work that I'm up to. Um, so it really has been an exercise of how do I let go? How do I let go of what is not mine? How do I stay in my lane and mind my, my business? Um, and there was something that I there was something that really settled me the other day. I was watching. Um, sonia renee taylor on instagram was talking about like can you tap into the depths of your joy as much as we tap into like the the anger and the outrage and i was really um really struck by that because i think my tendency when things tend to pile on i'm like oh there's another thing and another thing and look at the news and look at these people and look at my clients and look at my family i'm looking at all these ways that um uh, things aren't working and I'm also missing things that are. I'm missing the ways that folks are resisting. I'm missing the ways that I'm I'm finding beauty and joy in my. I have a an urban balcony garden. I've got like some tomato plants and cucumbers, and just like being really accepting what accepting multiple sides of what is. And, sh- and Sonia said the same thing, just saying like. The universe will give you joy. That'll and it and it'll give you pain. Like why do we accept the pain and pretend like the joy is and all also inevitable? And so I'm learning that the ebb and flow is part of life. And I'm I'm feeling settled in that uncertainty.
0: Thank you, Stephanie. I I love that um, you're learning to feel settled. Um, it amidst like so much that is unsettling us and just what an important skill and and practice and not easy to attain, I feel like that that space of being able to be with what is unsettled, but to settle into that anyway. Who else? How's your heart? Who wants to share next?
4: I'll go. Um, I'm feeling the last couple of days, I think what I would I think I think it's been called trauma fatigue, right? That sort of relentlessness of the times we're in. Um and I just found myself in my kitchen a number of days ago with my son and who's seven years old, and we were just kind of singing songs together, you know, playing songs and singing it was really fun. But one of the songs really touched me and I just started crying and I was like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? And I think in many parts, like it had it was right after the the Beirut explosion, and I was just feeling um, just so overwhelmed with grief, which is sort of a constant these days, right? If it's it's kind of one barrage after another on a global scale, on a local scale, all the things, right, the death of George Floyd, all the murder of George Floyd, all of the things that have been going on um, that sort of accumulate in the cells. So I want to get more to Stephanie's place of rolling, but I'm in a moment of a little bit of, of trauma fatigue, and, and we just had a, a friend whose little girl had a seizure yesterday, so it's just those things where you're like, oh, could it stop? <laughs>
0: Thank you for, for sharing that, Amy, and the fatigue is real um, for folks, and and I've been feeling that too, uh, and an impatience with, like, this moment. Can this moment just be over, and I mean the, the COVID moment, really um but I, of course i also want all the other traumas to end into so i appreciate you naming that trauma fatigue and it feels like a different experience of fatigue than i've ever ever felt before like it's it's different because i've never lived through a pandemic like like this before so thank you for sharing and Jeanette, i saw you unmute so did you want to share next
2: i did um i think i'm definitely um feeling somewhere in between what stephanie is feeling and what amy is feeling and it just kind of ebbs and flows and and it changes on a daily basis sometimes a moment by moment basis minute by minute basis um i really appreciated what stephanie said about you know the joy also being inevitable and because of everything that's going on we sometimes feel a lot of guilt for feeling those moments of joy. And so I've really just been trying to constantly remind myself that those moments of joy are the reasons why we keep doing what we're doing. The reason why we're doing the work is because we want for everybody to be safe, to be happy and to be free. And so, you know, those moments are the things that light us up, that build resilience and that, keep us, you know, really in this work and keep us grounded in this work, whatever our work happens to be. Um, So I have definitely been um, finding moments of joy. And then there have definitely been moments where I've just been exhausted with everything that is going on in the world. And it just seems like um, every day that there is something new. Stephanie, you're in Georgia, so you don't know this. And I don't know who felt this. and, And Amy, you're in Seattle. But there was an earthquake like three days ago. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? What else is going to happen in 2020? Like, I am done. This is it. <laughs> 2020 is canceled. <laughs> um, so, and, so I, and I feel like that on a regular basis, like what is the next thing that's going to be that happens? And that's a really... um. Stressful place to be in to just constantly be waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, and so I do think that that is why it's so important to focus on those things that light you up and to rest and to, you know, hold tight to the ones that we can hold tight to in this moment. Um, so that that really uh, sums up how I'm feeling. And also, let me just say that I hate COVID for a whole, whole lot of reasons. And I have not got to celebrate my birthday for an entire month and a half this year like I traditionally do. So (laughs) COVID can suck it.
0: (laughs) Yes, I feel you, Leo, I know. Um, And I was, I'm in North Carolina and felt the earthquake and had the same thought of like, what in the, what else? like. I don't want to tempt that, but like, what's going on, you know, that I was in bed and felt this earthquake and thought, was that real? Did that just happen? Oh, right. Everything's happening this year. All the things are happening. Um, So yeah, I I feel you. Um, I haven't canceled 2020 yet, but I do um, appreciate you wanting to cancel 2020 for sure. (laughs) Katie, how's your heart?
3: Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm a hot mess a little bit, but also okay. Um, I think the past couple of days, a lot of tenderness has emerged for me, because I've finally been able to allow myself to feel it. Um, The folks on this call know, and some of my close friends know, that I've been job searching all of COVID. Um, And yeah, it was a huge relief to find a job in a time when folks, um, many folks don't have work. And I think a lot of the emotions around that, all the complexities of that, the privilege that I hold to be able to find a job in this moment, I'm sort of in in the middle of processing all of those things. Um, And I think it's good. I'm happy to be tenderhearted um i had a wave of this about a month ago as well when i was in the interview process and i wrote a mantra for myself i think it was with the last new moon because i was in this cycle of um, judging myself for being so emotional and like being so big-hearted and i wrote um, you have to feel the world in order to heal the world And so that's something I've been thinking about is, um, instead of seeing the big waves of emotion as something negative or something that I have to shift or overcome to really open myself up to the fullness of that. Um, and like, God bless my dog and my partner for being with me through all of that, um, because it's it's a process but I'm committed to feeling everything that arises because the alternative is what keeps us separate from each other
4: Mm.
3: so yeah that's how my heart is and I'm just I'm really happy in this moment to be here with all of y'all um it makes me feel good and I can derive some of your joy through your presence even over the internet so um, there's still magic in 2020. I'm not ready to cancel it yet either. <laughs> Thank you, Katie, for sharing about your your
0: tenderness and also the practice of appreciating that tenderness and the mantra. It's really, really powerful, feeling the world to heal the world. And you just mentioned joy. And and um, I know Stephanie, both you and Johnette mentioned this as well. And Johnette, I wanted to just hear some about how you are, Um, or where you're finding joy? Like, what is creating that experience for you at this time?
2: Um, Finding joy um, in my garden. I have uh, had a bigger garden this year than I've had in the past, and um, that has really been um, just bringing so much into my life, um, creating, harvesting, Um, just going outside and every day seeing something new emerging from the ground um, or seeing something you know even that I thought you know like wasn't going to grow and then finally you know like there's like a seedling um, or there's some produce, um, just recently there was a watermelon, and I was just like, oh my god, there's a watermelon, which, you know, I did not think I was going to get any watermelons, (laughs) um, so that has just been really magical, um, I have a dog, Chumley, and he is, like, my heart and joy, and, um, just truly, truly, um, honestly got him two weeks before um north carolina went into like a shutdown and um he was absolutely brought into my life for a reason um i love i love my partner dan um and Chumley is the most just beautiful magical being in the world um so the two of them um i've just been spending so much good quality time with um and most recently, building connections with um, other activists and healers in the area that um, that I live in. Um, we've been building connection and working together to create sustainable movements and to create opportunities for healing for those individuals that are on the front lines. And it feels really good to be in community with other people that have those shared values and shared vision of really wanting to to heal and to promote healing. Um, so yeah, I've been finding um, a lot of joy in, in those practices of, of community and gardening and um, spending time with loved ones and loved beings.
0: It makes me happy to hear about the ways you're finding joy and that you have Chumley, um, your magical being, and um, Dan, and that you're allowing yourself to feel joy too, right? Because I also think that can be challenging for folks. Um, even if we know it's part of the human experience, as is despair or sorrow, I think there's conditioning around not allowing ourselves to actually experience joy um, or conditioning around there being something wrong with experiencing joy. And and Stephanie, I wanted to follow up on what you said about um, the ebb and flow and, and accepting multiple... Truths or multiple, um, I guess, feelings and experiences, and that feeling settled um, with the feeling of, of, you know, being unsettled. And what do you think taught you to um, be in this space? Like, what skills are you using, or what taught you to be in this space of acceptance?
1: I'm laughing because it's been a hard, very hard road to get here. <laughs> And I'm not sure it's a permanent place. I'm just enjoying it while it while it is like the irony is this feeling might also be fleeting and I recognize that. Um, but I also like I think throughout this pandemic and pe- and, and the international mainstream uprising and politics and all that is happening i've gone through a bunch of phases just since march of like sometimes i'm in complete denial i'm like it's not happening i'm just pretending it's not happening i'm gonna do my work and pretend and then things would come up it's like my body's like stephanie stop playing like this is a pandemic get it together and then i have had weeks where it's been like i'm really sitting in that emotion and um it's been helpful to have that emotion move through me and i also was like i don't i don't want to stay here like i don't want to stay here and then sometimes i'm very stubborn so i'm like world why why is this like this why why do we have to do this why are you telling me i don't want to learn this lesson like stop with the test like send these people away leave me alone like that's actually how i felt and so it really is just settling into like, what could I possibly do different? <laughs> what could I try that might get me a different result? And I think the two things that I I've continued to come back to, but I think right now it feels more like going from theory to practice is, is one truth, like truth and truth telling, and two, actually listening to myself and the wisdom that I have. Like, I think we talk about these things in like the abstract, like, yes, alignment, integrity, like, there are these like heady, vague concepts, like the actual feeling and doing and being of those things is what I'm practicing. And so it's like, I'll give an example. I was on a call today and I felt myself getting really excited and also shutting myself down at the same time. I was like, this is a really exciting opportunity oh wait but it's gonna be really challenging but you love doing new things Stephanie but you've never done this thing like it just was like a balance and instead of shutting down on either side I was like this is exciting and it's something I haven't done but it's something that I could do and I feel like that is the for me it's been more spacious to sit in a possibility or um like an experiment or a risk or a trying of the thing rather than be like, no, I can't, no, I can't say yes to this. Or like, hell no, I can't do. It's like, can I sit somewhere and hold multiple truths and then try one out or and say, you know, tomorrow that didn't actually work. I'll try something else. So lots of practice (laughs) and learning the hard way. (laughs) Yes.
0: I, I love that you're you're calling this practice. And also, this is one thing I, I admire so many things about you. And one is that what you just said, what could I do different right now? Like, what could I do to have a different experience, right? And and I don't know what that skill is, but you, you do it all of the time. I feel like you do it all of the time. And um, it just feels like such a useful way of being. Um, and I think it's a recognition that you can, perhaps we can't shift COVID, although there are certainly things that could be done to shift what is happening, right? And how many people are getting sick and dying, and of course, but we we can't stop that. The five of us can't stop COVID right now. But you look at what you can shift, and I just think that's such a um, useful perspective and, and practice, and that you acknowledge it's not easy, right? Like it's. It's not easy to get to that place where you're like i have to do something differently right now like i have to um so i just appreciate that about you because i've i've seen that in you so many times and i've seen you inspire people to do that as well um through coaching and just friendship and um, training and and i think it's it's helpful for people to witness that in you and then think about how they can do that for themselves so thank you for for naming that and bringing that um, forward that skill and Amy, I want to ask you about because I know you're an empath. um, And uh, I heard you name trauma fatigue. And I, I wonder, um, you know, there's like setting boundaries, right, to protect yourself. And there's also to speak to what Katie said, feeling the, the feelings. And so I'm just wondering how you're if you are able to set some boundaries and also feel what's going on without um, increasing the fatigue, right? Or the the trauma that's present. I think that's my question for you. Because this yeah. isn't new, like you're empathic. You've been this way for probably since you came into this lifetime. And so I'm just wondering if you could share some about that balance of boundaries and feeling.
4: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And I, I also just want to say Uh, Thank you, Stephanie. I'm still absorbing all that wisdom you just dropped. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, Yeah. You know what I've been thinking as we're talking about this, Michelle, because it's the kind of the both and right of, as Katie said, like, you know, being happy to be tender hearted, like in that, having to feel the world to heal the world that we have to open ourselves and open our hearts. And at the same time, refuge is also about I don't have to let it all in at all times in all ways and so how do I find those like you said boundaries or moments of self-care or moments of rest or whatever so that even if I am riding those waves I'm not getting slammed on the shore by them all the time right so um, one of the things I, I and I would love to hear from other people's perspectives too about kind of boundaries and what that looks like in a space of refuge but one of the things I've been rediscovering, reminding myself is that my experience of COVID, um, because thank goodness I, I have not been ill, but just the confinedness of confinement, right, is that so much time of my day is spent on computers, in Zooms, in, in the intellectual headspace. And I'm really lucky to live in a, a kind of a rural area where I can actually get out and move a lot. But even just recently, my partner and I have started at night just doing stretching together. And that's reminding me that my body is holding so much. And part of the the balance that you're talking about is getting out of the head and into the body and also allowing. So, the, so all of this doesn't become stagnant, whether it's the emotions or the trauma or whatever, but just allowing the body to move and metabolize and move things through. And so... I'll stop there and I'd love to hear what other people have to offer around that too.
0: Thank you, Amy. Yeah, do y'all have other things you want to name about the boundaries? I love what you said in a space of refuge, like how do you, how do we create that? Do y'all have thoughts about that or ways that you're doing that now that you want to share?
3: I think the biggest boundary I'm setting for myself is around my social media use. Um, and instead of spending time on social media because I am craving connection I'm actually investing that time in reaching out to people and deepening their relationships and the connections that are already in my life um so I mean I still go in a spiral and honestly the reason I go on social media is I'm like what is Michelle doing now <laughs> um it seems like every day something new is happening but um yeah, I think that's the biggest boundary I'm setting with myself and the one that I am most aware of how it impacts the levels of anxiety I'm feeling in myself and in my body.
0: Yeah, thank you, Katie. Are there other things that y'all are doing to set those boundaries?
2: I'm actually doing the same thing. I've been on a social media hiatus now for about two weeks and my plan is to continue until at least the end of august or just until you know it feels good if it feels good that i stay off of social media until you know the end of september or the end of the year whatever you know um then then that's my plan and um, and likewise, you know I have found myself on social social media to build connection um, to find out what's going on in the world um, to find out what things are going on in the community that I feel like I should engage with and um, I'm finding that now that I'm not doing that anymore, then I'm actually having to reach out to individuals and have actual conversation around you know, hey, what's going on this week or is there any? thing that um, I can be engaged in and because I have to make more of an effort than actually clicking on a screen that's helped me to prioritize um, what's really important because if I haven't reached out to that individual or that organization to find out what's going on then that's kind of uh, registered to me as you know what maybe that's so what are the things that I can say no to And so that's been really huge for me is just saying no. That's how I have um, created some boundaries as well. And that requires a lot of reflection and just constantly checking in with myself and thinking, um, you know, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I feel obligated because somewhere sometime, you know, I decided that this was something that I had to do instead of something that brought me joy. Um, And so it's really helped me to kind of um, take some things off of my plate that didn't necessarily have to be on my plate in the first place that I maybe said yes to um, during a time where maybe I had more capacity or maybe it did light me up a little bit more, or I felt some sort of a um, unrealistic obligation to continue piling things on and piling things on. um, I've started to take things off of my plate. And um, I think it's made me a lot more present in the things that I am engaging in. And the things that I'm engaging in have been bringing me a lot more joy, which makes it more sustainable.
1: I love that. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a lot of saying no. Also doing a lot of breaking up, lots of breaking up with people, ideas, beliefs. And I, one of the filters that I've been using, and it's funny for me to say this, I don't actually have kids, like human being children. I have like adult children all over the world and plant children and furry children and all like, you know, we parent our parents and all of that stuff. But it's like, what do I want to tell my kids that I was doing in 2020? Like if this engagement, this relationship, this whatever, like, am I going to be proud of what I'm doing? And I was like, I gotta, there's some, there's some things that need to go away. And I think the other piece for me, like outside of setting some external boundaries really has been some, some boundaries for me. Like, I feel like I get all like righteous, like, oh, no, stay out. Like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. But there are ways that I treat myself that I need to set some boundaries around as well. And so I've been breaking up with my own judgments I've been breaking up with like shame and guilt about um, not listening to myself, listening to, you know, not doing it sooner, soon enough. Um, I've been trying to break up with like, I should have known better. Some of that stuff that comes up when I do set the boundaries or when I do say no or break up. And that has really looked like engaging in a, in a, I'm really sitting in a practice of forgiveness for myself because I, I can get all external, like it's the person, I'm pissed at them, they need to do something different. And that, that means I'm not looking at me and what I need to do. Um, so yeah, internal boundaries happening as well. I love, I love this
0: <clears throat> boundaries and saying no and um, breaking up, Stephanie, as you said, <laughs> Patterns with people, with ideas, in all the ways, and how that's connected to saying yes to ourselves and and joy. This this idea of saying no or or breaking up with patterns or people or things that are just not useful to us anymore. And something that I've been thinking about um, is you know the moment on the heels of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, the moment George Floyd was murdered. My work, I was busy to begin with, but my work like um, increased or the call for work increased, I should say, and um, I've been trying to figure out how to work in a way that um, doesn't drain me and in a way that is truly reflective of like how I want to be versus responding to everyone and what they need and their urgency. Um, which is not new, but the way I'm thinking about it is because I feel like, you know, I'm in the moment or a, another moment where I'm being called into the work I am meant to do in the world. Um, and so I want to show up for that. And I also want to show up for myself. And it's just meant like changing, it's meant like saying no to eight yoga studios, I'm not going to teach in your space. And, and instead saying, I'll offer one workshop on skill and action and you can sign up for it. I don't know why it took me so long to do that, but I think it was the practice of responding to people instead of responding to what I needed. And, and this moment has reflected that to me. So I just appreciate what y'all named about, about boundaries um, and just the value of, of making space for ourselves. To Amy, your point about finding refuge, uh, but creating those boundaries within that space of, of refuge too. And Katie, I wanted to ask you, one thing I, I know about you and love about you is the tenderness that you mentioned and um, being tenderhearted. And I also think you, you bring that out in others too. Like there's some, you make space for other folks tenderheartedness to be present or their hearts to be present really. And I'm just curious about how you, came to do that. Like what do you understand about your your practice? I'll call it of turning towards your own heart but also allowing others to other people's hearts to be held. I think
3: that's how how
0: I've witnessed it.
3: Thank you for that. I kind of wanted to just like sit in that and feel it for a moment. That was really sweet. Oh, um the first thing that comes to my mind around holding others and witnessing others is my mother and my grandmother and my grandmother's mother um something i've been feeling into for a long time uh that line of women has this capacity and for me the image comes up of like just wrapping in and a hug and it sounds cliche but whenever i'm with people I'm not thinking about it, but I want them to feel embraced um, and I want them to feel safe. And oftentimes what that looks like is just listening to people um, instead instead of assuming something about them. So if I'm just sitting there in full presence and listening people respond and I think that that's that's just has to be something that came through my my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother um, is just being present with people and sometimes it's an overwhelming this is maybe off topic but sometimes I have this overwhelming feeling of having so much love inside of me and not being sure how to channel it or where to channel it Anytime I feel that overwhelming wanting to care for um, I have some place to uh, to channel that energy um, and it's reciprocal so then i'm also fed because I think there's been moments in my life where that desire to care for and love people have shown up in not so healthy ways and in codependent ways and in you know, um, shadowy more aspects. So, um, I'm not really sure if I answered the initial question, but those are some things that, that come up for me is just, um, figuring out ways to channel my devotion, um, in the world with people, um, and in my spiritual life. Thank you, Katie. And you
0: mentioned your mom and grandmother and your grandmother's mother and my grandmother, Dorothy has a relationship with Katie. Dorothy transitioned in 2017, but Katie and I have been in many circles where Dorothy has shown up and touched Katie's foot or put her hand on Katie. Like it's, a, they have a thing. Dorothy shows up all the time. So they're kind of- Hi, Dorothy.
3: I just got a hot flash. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I forgot you no it's fine i just want to mention you have a
0: dorothy is is, um connected to you for sure i think i have one more question for y'all um so when we led the retreat it was called healing and community and that is what we wanted to cultivate and, and create um and i have another book coming out next year and it's um initially i wanted it to be something from the bhagavad gita because skill and action is from that um, and there's a verse about sh- um, shelter from sorrow in that. And so that was like the working title. And then the editor looked at many translations of the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, and suggested the title Finding Refuge, which then became the title of this podcast. And it feels the same as like Healing Community and all of the things we've been talking about. But the the subtitle is heart work so heart work to heal collective grief so it's finding refuge heart work to heal collective grief and i began the interview by asking about your hearts and so i would love to end this with um you all sharing some about your heart work like what is your heart work at this time what is the work your heart needs to do and bring forth
2: at this time so right now i think um that my heart work is is sort of lying in two places, and um, one place is in the work that I do with children and families. Um, this time period is going to be really difficult for them as they make some really hard decisions about um, their children's schooling, and so um, I'm really feeling led and called to be. Um, a resource and to really stay present in the reality of how difficult it is during this time to make decisions where there are just really no good decisions um, for families and for their students and um, to make decisions that have real life consequences and impacts on income and on their students' education, and for so many of them, on um, you know childcare, um, because many students are being um, parented by or are being cared for by sometimes um, elderly relatives. That you know, it may not be necessarily safe for them to be around at this point. So, I'm really um, wanting to uh, just work from a place of that knowledge at all times and really be radical in my response to families right now. And um, that's something that I am, uh, it's keeping me up at night sometimes, um, but I know that I have the capacity for it and it is something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and then my other heart work is in this work that I'm starting to do with community. <clears throat> excuse me, Um, and in really um, finding other individuals within community that really want to see the community that I live in be healthy and be whole and have places for refuge and, um, and physical spaces. So many of us are disconnected from other people right now because of COVID, because it's not safe for us to be in physical space with other people but that is something that myself and this group are really working on is trying to find physical spaces where people can be together and can socially distance and can feel a connection with one another and can be healed and can feel whole and can feel safe. And so those are the two things that I am um, currently working on that I feel really passionate passionate about, that I feel um, joyful to be working on and that um, that I feel are my my heart's work right now.
0: Thank you, Jeanette. I'm glad you're you're doing the work. Thank
4: you. I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about so many things you just said, Jeanette, So thank you. Um, I think I used to say <laughs> that my kind of uh, avatar i don't know if that's even the right word but but like my calling was to be a cosmic cheerleader and i laugh at myself when i say that because people have such negative <laughs> associations with cheerleaders so that's not what i mean what i mean is like ultimately i want to support people in becoming their most their fullest most beautiful who they are like who are you meant to be i want to help you be that person And that has always been an incredible, incredible joy and calling. And I have a past life in the arts and just there was such joy in the creativity of the arts and in helping people find their inner artists. And I I think one of the big questions for me is like, how do we create the conditions for people to be their most creative selves? And in doing anti-racism work over the last number of years and and Stephanie and Michelle and, and all of us on this call have talked about this a lot as well. But sometimes it feels like kind of the the very structured training work that we do in organizations or have done previously to my connection with Michelle and other healers that I had been doing, while necessary, didn't feel like it was mis- it was meeting the mark. And and it feels like and part of the reason I was so attracted to the work that Michelle puts out and the work of the, this group of powerful women is that. I think we really deeply understand that there's so much healing that is needed and healing that's needed to be done. And so, you know, the new question is, the other question is how, or another question is how do we create the conditions for liberation? How do we create the conditions for healing? And the one thing that I deeply understand, and this harkens back to what Jeanette was just saying, is that it's not alone. You know, it's not an isolation, which is so interesting during the COVID <laughs> moment, but you know what I mean? That's just not how we're going to do it. And So I think my heart work is to work um, in partnership with, with inspired people like you all and help us create conditions for other people to live fully into themselves and to help us all move through and beyond the systems that we know and into a more liberated and creative space. Thank
0: you, Amy. Thank you. Stephanie or Katie, what is your heart work?
3: I feel like I want to go before Stephanie because I know she's going to come out with some wise stuff and it's going to be a good bookend for this whole podcast. Um, well, what came up for me in the moment that I just tapped in to my heart which i'm glad you had us do that because i had my pen out i was ready to start writing and then you were like nope go to your heart so when i was breathing in my heart space the word connection came up and that's something that jonette and amy both spoke to and i just want to echo everything that they've said um that's one of my core values and I think that it shows up differently depending on who I am in the moment which is always evolving. Um, I've learned about myself during this time in COVID, I'm not a person that's going to be doing the same thing forever. Um, So I am a yoga teacher, an acro yoga teacher, but I'm not right now because those aren't really available. Um, and so what are the ways in which I can engage and create connections? And um, something that I've been doing more and more during this time is similar to what Jeanette was talking about is actually engaging with the local community and the local government and figuring out, um, figuring out ways to bring people together in this time. Um, and been doing that related to climate change and one of the things um, that my heart is feeling called to through that work and just in general is the youth um, and thinking about the young folks who are being born into this moment or who are in high school or who are coming into adulthood. and how can I be of service to them and how can they be of service to me? Because from the limited interaction I've had during this time with youth, I've learned so much. And I think there's a lot of power in um, coming together in a like co-mentorship relationship of, I have these skills and resources because I've been in the world a little bit longer than you, how can I help you? And like, you know so many things through your lived experience in this moment that would be helpful for me to learn to deepen my understanding. So um, that's something that I'm feeling into more. And one of the ways I've thought about doing that is creating a youth council with one of the climate, um, one of the climate organizations that I work with. So we'll see how that goes through the fall but um yeah that's that's what my heart is doing and I'm just really inspired by all of you women and super grateful to be here it's it's definitely turned my tenderheartedness around
0: you can keep your tender heartedness and it is awesome to be in this space so Stephanie take us home with your wisdom your your so gems pressure. mic drops
1: I know so much pressure um I'm feeling really tender-hearted like I was just feeling really emotional and just feeling into the emotion that's coming up um when you ask that question what came up for me immediately like the first word was listen just listen and I'm noticing the ways that I'm doing that like for myself listening to myself um I'm listening to other people's stories like I've been meeting with my parents every weekend to get their stories on Zoom. And so, like, part of Saturday and part of Sunday, I'm just listening. And I I see how transformative it is for someone to be listened to. And there's also something happening with me. So, like, understanding my parents more is helping me understand myself more. And I'm also listening to myself during that. Like, there's some, there's, like, judgments coming up. And there's like clarifying questions coming up so listening to myself to ask you know what what's the question that i want to ask what what is the question that feels like it's empowering for me and for them at the same time so that feels like healing work that i'm doing with myself and with my parents um i think listen when i think about using my voice like listening for when I need to speak up, listening for when I need to step back, listening when I really need to slow down and rest. And um, sometimes I fight that. Um, So yeah, listening was the first thing that came up for me. And as I listened to all of these fine folks on here, um, I was also reminded of another call that I feel so um passionate about which is practicing possibility and amy you really when, when you talked about the institutional work it's like you do this work and you're like who who's doing good work like who what organization is getting it right like is anybody it, can, are we gonna get it together or what and i think like i'm thinking about practicing possibility a lot of times on a macro scale and for me it's been a it, my part of my hard work is to practice that on a micro scale like practice possibility in my relationships and and how i relate to myself and how i show up in all of these spaces so listening and practicing possibilities i
0: love that practicing possibility i love it stephanie we knew that you would just land us right in this space of um that would help us move forward um And I just wanna say like, watch out world because these amazing humans are making change on the micro and macro um, scale. And we are doing work that is centered in in social change and healing, um, which feels necessary. And healing is not always centered as we try to create change, which makes it really hard to dismantle the systems that we're trying to dismantle. And so I just wanna um, appreciate y'all and I love you dearly and appreciate all that you are I um, appreciate all of who you are, like who y'all are as beings and all that you're offering and and gifting to the world um, and to yourselves too, based on what you were saying about boundaries and i am really grateful to be in community with y'all and um, this space is certainly a space where I find refuge so. Thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing today. And um, I will include um, ways for people to connect with you. Although if you're in social media hiatus, perhaps you want them to connect in some other way through the ether, I don't know. But people will have information about how to connect with you if you have a website or you're in social media. I will share those things in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for for being here today. It's good to be with y'all. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast and thank you for supporting Finding Refuge. Please share this podcast with your friends and beloveds, anyone you think uh, might benefit from the wisdom that is coming through and is being offered in this podcast. You can also support my work by becoming a patron on Patreon. My page there is Skill in Action. You can follow me on social media, at Skill in Action, at Mystic Cassandra on Instagram, and Michelle Cassandra Johnson and Michelle C. Johnson, Skill in Action, Yoga and Justice on Facebook, and of course my website, michellecjohnson.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and stay in community with you. Take care, and... May we take care of each other, be well.